Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Lana Wilkinson is a highly regarded stylist and an Australian fashion icon. Lana's distinct style and love of fashion has quickly progressed her into becoming one of Australia's leading celebrity stylists. Lana values her industry contacts and finds the best talent to work with. Her ability to transform some of the most beautiful women in Australia and make them red carpet ready has been one of her signature moves. But it's what she's done with styling and tips and techniques with real women that really has her on my pedestal. I love the way that Lana is able to clearly articulate the tips and tricks that we can all use to transform ourselves for a more modern, youthful, and timeless style. You're going to absolutely love this episode of Ageless by Rescue as Lana shares emerging trends and tips and tricks to transform your own style, just as she would work with her celebrity clients. I'm delighted to introduce you to Lana Wilkinson for this edition of Ageless by Rescue podcast. This is going to be one of the best episodes on Ageless by Rescue. I am so delighted to introduce you to Lana Wilkinson. She is the uber stylist to celebrities, (laughs) to the most beautiful women, and you are... um, you are responsible for creating some of the most iconic looks that so many of us want to copy. Uh, welcome to Ageless by Rescue. I'm so happy to have you on the show, my friend. I'm so happy to be here as well. First of all, just to see your beautiful smiling face. You're always the person that lifts everybody up. So I feel really excited to be here. And thank you for that introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> well, you know what? One of the best things about you is your modesty. And I think that It takes a very special person to be able to be entrusted with the secrets of some of the most beautiful women in the world, and certainly in Australia, and to be able to kind of step out of your own way and make it all about someone else. And so in today's podcast, I really want to tap into the secret source of transforming the look of someone, because for me, ageless is so many things, but the you know, the bow on the, you know, the final glow up is always, always, always personal style. I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what, you can have the facelift, you can have the boob lift, you can have personal trainers, you can change your hair. But if how you're dressing that package and how you're evolving the personal style of someone doesn't match that, the whole thing just falls down. I want to talk to you about when do celebrities come to you? Because, you know, we're normal people, but even celebrities want to reboot their style. What happens? Totally. What's the order of things? Well, I, I think to, to firstly answer your question, I think you've articulated it so well. I actually haven't heard anyone really talk about celebrity style in that way, and I wish they did because it's certainly the way I talk about things, is it really is about tapping into somebody's own sense of self what makes them feel good? Like the reason that I, I don't want to say successful because I always think that there's always room to go. Like if you say, oh, I've been successful, where to from here? So what I always like to think of 
I think the reason that things have worked out very well in terms of having a lot of client referral and a lot of positive experiences is because at no time is it really about me. It's my job to, I guess, really kind of extract from a person the things that they love about themselves, the things they don't, because the way in my experience that I've had um, successful in terms of deemed amazing best dress looks and things like that has been because I've worked collaboratively with the client about highlighting their best things, but then pushing them as well to step outside of their comfort zone, but within their comfort zone to have that moment of feeling their best. And often I say to people with styling, a lot of it just isn't about having a good sense of style in the same way you said with ageless, it's not about just having, you know, a, a great surgeon fix things or a great hairdresser or a good spray tan. Because if you don't feel good within yourself, none of that works. So my job first and foremost as a stylist is to always work with my clients and how do we make you feel your absolute best? But to, so that's always what I go in thinking with any client, whether, and not only that, that's the same for a brand. If a brand comes and says, we want to rebrand or we're a new brand and we want to extract these emotions and feelings, it's the same philosophy. But to your question around how does that first process with celebrities work is often, and I've had different reasons over the journey. Sometimes it has been because they want to change the way they look or the way they're perceived. So, for example, yeah, you know, that's I a remember, really interesting pickup. Sorry to interrupt yes. you. No, no, I always, keep it going. Because <laughs> I always think, you know, the big catalyst for change in uh, in most mm. women's life, and this is certainly what I've learned in interviewing people in the surveys that we've done for my followers. Yes, that it's often either a trauma or mm-hmm. a, a life change. So it might be a relationship breakup, it might be illness, yes. or it might be that butterfly moment where they go, you know That's what, right. this is my chrysalis. I'm ready to be all that I can be. So I'm interested to see, is it the same for celebrities that come to uh, you? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes it's it, you know, there, there's not even really a deep reasoning. Like, well, there has been, like, I think sometimes if I think of, you know, I remember the first time I worked with the incredible Megan Gale was in, I think, 2015. Um, she, you know, hadn't really had sort of that big event moment post having uh, her first son. And we had this epic, you know, Dolce and Cabana moment at the races for Lavazza and she was in green and I was like, you need to get your pins out. Like she's, um, you know, because she's just this beautiful, statuesque, gorgeous person inside and out. And I think, you know, that was, I think at that point I was engaged because, um, you know, she'd seen my work and, and liked what what um, she had, had seen, I guess. And, and we really connected as well because I think, you know, and, and not just for Megan, but lots of the celebrities that I've worked with, you, it's not about you kind of, tailgating anything they've done it's about okay what are the things that you want to work on within yourself or what are we trying to achieve um you know I think I've had lots of scenarios where talent perhaps has been sort of seen as one thing like it might be a character on a show um you know for example I remember yeah yeah like I remember working with a a, a cast a, a talent who was on a tv show and was sort of the tomboy of the tv show and there was a bit of an ensemble cast and she was lovely and very, um, you know, confident within herself that she could be seen differently. And so came to me to kind of have that, I guess, moment of, you know, being seen in a different way, which then kind of propelled other opportunities. So often it can be, 
and I say it even in jobs and it doesn't even have to just be with celebrities or with people it can very much be where it's like if you want to get to that next role what's the gap we've got to fill what are the things you've got to do so it's like if you want to be seen as the beauty or you want to be working um, in you want to be sort of seeing where fashion brands are coming to well then you have to look fashionable it's not actually rocket science so I think sometimes it's just having those aha moments because in my view like, and that's why sometimes even in this last 18 months with the pandemic where fashion can be seen as quite frivolous, it isn't because I know even myself today coming and chatting to you, I put my makeup on, I did my hair, I made sure I put something new that I had on because I wanted to feel good. And it is the same regardless of celebrity, regardless of, um, you know, talent. I think, it, you know, I think as people, we feel better within ourselves when we have those moments. So, um, that's generally a part of it. But I think in, in all cases, you know, people really connect with people. It's like on social media, you know, I think you follow people because you want to be engaged with them. And I think in business now, it's very much that case. Um, so I've been very lucky in that respect that people have obviously bought into, you know, whatever I've been posting or the experiences of others that, 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 that they've then passed on. So let's go back to the anatomy of a glow up. So yeah, I, I want to share some of your extensive experience with, you know, some beautiful women. So most people are not looking for a glow up just for a red carpet moment. And God knows when we'll have red carpet moments again. Mm. So you mm. talked about the catalyst or the aha moment. So talk to me about when a celebrity client comes to you and they have that aha moment. The examples you gave were amazing because those things happen to everyday people as well. Maybe mm. she's been a mum and, you know, she's brought up her kids and now the aha moment is actually I, I want to put out my professional vibe or I want to, I'm yeah. divorced, I want to put out my sexy vibe, but I'm back. Yeah. What are some of the things, what are some of the steps you take to distill that aha moment into a strategy for transformation using yep. fashion, accessories, styling? That's such a good question. And I love that you've asked me that because that's really my whole process of what we, of what to do. Like often, so in any instance, and particularly obviously with, with talent, if I use like a, a red carpet as an example, because I'd say as well too, that's certainly the thing that I miss the most at the moment is you sort of sit down with a client and first of all, you work out what, the, what they sort of love about themselves, what they don't love, what their sense of style is. And I'll do my homework too, thanks to um, our old mate Google. You can sort of have a look and get a sense of what their style is. So I always do my homework whenever a new client approaches me about, you know, working with them. And then my next sort of, I guess, piece of the puzzle is to try and ascertain, you know, what brands, designers are going to work for that person. Because in my belief, I really do feel that when you pair the right designer or the right brand with the right person, that's when the magic really happens. So, for example, when we go through like a custom process for something like the Logies or um, the Dell EMs or Brownlow or Actors, Arias, those kinds of things, I really try and think, well, how do we have that moment? And often I always try and do go down the custom route if I can with a red carpet, unless there's a major designer that I love and there's something that's sitting in a showroom that's like, oh, my God, I've got to give that its moment. Because I really do feel like then I can control sort of how the end outcome is going to be. And I think for me, I don't ever look at a glow up as, okay, well, here's your dress, that's done. I always want to make sure that the person feels very involved in the process. Um, and I think that's how 
in my experience, I've been able to get the best outcome. And that might be where, for example, you know, if I use somebody like, and I know I'm sure she wouldn't mind me talking about her, but um, an amazing, incredible human being, Candace Warner, who is obviously in Sydney. You know, when we first worked together, um, she had had incredible success, um, you know, obviously in terms of being known and having media sort of attention and all of that sort of thing, which is like Lana, you know, and again, had, had had children, but that wasn't really the driver for our chat. It was like, I just want to really have a moment. And so we very much had that whole conversation around, okay, well, you look great. You look way better than I do after having kids. Um, you know, she's got legs for days. And she hadn't really had that sexy moment at that point. And so there was a designer in Melbourne, a couture by the name of Sonia Capalazzo. And I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to give you like this bold, bright moment, this sexy come and get me, everybody look at me, I've arrived moment. And she's not, she's not the kind of person that's very look at me, look at me. And so I don't really want it to be about that. And it's not about me getting that attention, but it's more about working with her to kind of go, okay, what's, what's the process that we're going to go through? And I think at that stage, it was still called the Ellen Border Medal, which is now Cricket Australia, Australian Medal that happens in Jan Feb. And so um, I worked with the designer to kind of come up with this bold orange, like fire engine orange. It was in, ridiculously bold. And it was a very sexy look for her. She hadn't done anything like that before. And, you know, we, we got to the point where she had probably three or four fittings and she'd flown from Sydney to Melbourne back when you can do that. How exciting. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we had that conversation. We're in the mirror. And for me, the moment that happens where I know that it's good isn't on the night because if I waited on the night to have that moment of oh, it's amazing I feel confident in what I'm doing I wouldn't have the career that I have because for me there's so much responsibility I believe in a stylist or anybody who is the caretaker of somebody else's um, appearance their brand because the other thing that you always want to be mindful of not to sort of jump around is that you know she's married she's got a sports career she's got a husband He's got a sports career. So you've got to make sure that anything you do also speaks to that brand identity. Yeah. And I've had those experiences when people have brand partnerships, for example. I've done a lot of work with my ambassadors, like Rachel Finch, for example, where you've got to think about, okay, well, that has to be a Maya brand and we have to make sure. So there's always these little things that come into play that aren't necessarily exactly the way you would want to do them, but that you've got to take into account. I wanted to... Um, I, yeah. I just want to touch on on this. When you talk about a Candace uh, Warner or Nadia Bartel or Rebecca Judd that yes. you've worked with, yes. we're not talking yes. about twenty two year olds here. We're talking about no. women who are really established women. in their own personal and they're amazing. Style. Yeah. So yeah, they come to you, even though they've mm -hmm. they've had a career where they've been renowned for their beauty and style, and they say to you, Lana. I'm ready for the next evolution and I want my style to be ageless and I yes. want to remain relevant and youthful and vital and sexy, but I need a tweak. What are some yeah. instant things or what are some things that as a stylist you always recommend? So you talked about understanding their lifestyle and their personal brand, but mm -hmm. and you talked about finding the right designer for the yeah yeah. But some what are some other things that you do with some of these celebrity clients who are already gorgeous to help yes. give longevity to their career to help give 
an extension for how long that they can remain looking vital, sexy, relevant, hot. Yeah, I think I, I think it's all those things, though, as you're saying, in terms of, for me, it's about the aha moment, giving them something that they have, either they haven't had before, or like you've said, they're all fashion people in their own right in a lot of ways. So it's about taking it up a notch because I'm employed to spend the time on it. Because a lot of these women, as you've mentioned, they're women who are successful entrepreneurs, they have brand partnerships. And so in a lot of ways, it's being able to have that focus so that they're wearing the next big thing. And so for me, there's a lot of research that I do, especially when you, I mean, being in Australia, we look to overseas to what's happening, who are some of the people over there that are working really well, that people are loving. And then it's almost like trying to bring, peel that back to really start to then hone in on the personal aspects so that that person feels good. And for me, I guess the non-negotiables are making sure that, um, you know, the the looks that we're creating are, are timeless because I think that's the other thing like sometimes there can be things that will have a moment but you want the aha moment to be the oh my god wow that's beautiful not oh my god she's trying to be something she's not or oh my goodness that's a bit mutton as lamb like that sort of stuff is not going to give us what we want to achieve and do you but think, I think the, that the- there are sartorial decisions that can age us or be inappropriate? Do you, do you? Oh, do definitely. You so what do you think those things are? Well, I, but again, though, I think it's about the person. So there are some people where, because I often don't, I'll, I'll be really honest, I don't look at anybody's age. And I think that's probably happened in the last sort of five or six years because okay. there are people who I've worked with who, who are, you know, a little bit younger than me Then there. Are, I've worked with people that are, you know, 1920, I don't, what I do realize is it really is an inner piece of confidence. Like if you take a hundred percent. And I think that's probably the thing when we've been chatting, I haven't said is the first part of it, which is it's my job to make sure that when you step out, that you're feeling a hundred, like you're feeling confident within yourself. What are the things that I need to do to make you do that? So that is when we've said before, you know, staying within your comfort zone to some degree around the things you love. And we highlight so, for example, if you're somebody where you love your decolletage and your legs, well, let's get those out, you know, and that's how you you bring those formulas together. But I definitely don't say, okay, you're over 30, so no crop tops for you. I definitely, I think those things or that line of thinking is like old school. And for me, I feel like if you're like 40, 42 and you can carry that, go you. Like I, I'm all about be aspirational, but also be, be, show people the things that they can do better. Like show, be that example of how age does not need to define you. And there's so many people that we are so fortunate to know who really lead in that space. Because I think the days of saying, you who can't do this. Who do you think are your most ageless clients? Who, who do you look at and you just go, wow, she's just getting better and better. She, she really knows her body, knows her style and it's just an effortless joy to work with them. Oh, there's probably a few. I'll get. I'll feel bad if I say, don't say everyone. But oh, people are. And I know I mentioned it before. But Megan Gale really knows who she is. Uh, knows her angles. Is just a beautiful person inside and out. And I think that's the other thing I want to highlight too. Is these women like they inspire me. You know, like someone like Rebecca Judd, who's got four children, you know, multiple businesses. 
a leader in terms of the things that she does and just looks incredible and takes care of herself and shares her knowledge. Um, she is amazing. Zoe Foster-Blake is somebody else I've had the great privilege of working with who is, again, like, I mean, she's got go-to. So I'm like, give me what you're having. That's great. Um, but again, just really know who they are and hold themselves. And I think that's the thing that people don't talk about a lot is holding themselves in a way where they know who they are. You know, I do a lot of work and have done for quite some time with Georgia Love, who, again, she's is very gorgeous. different to those women. She's, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She's, you know, she's younger. She's recently got married. I actually um, styled her for her wedding. And even that process, we were like, you know, she's normally been the, you know, when I first met Georgia, uh, she was uh, just come off The Bachelor because I knew Lee and Lee was like, I need you to, you know, um, she obviously worked with a stylist on the, on the show and she was like, you know, I just want you to give her a bit of a hand. And then we became really close, Georgia and I. Next thing you know, I was dressing her for everything. And for me, it was about, okay, you're being seen as the newsreader, which is great, or the reporter and, you know, that kind of thing, or the bachelorette for lack yes. of a better. But now we need to make sure that you're the, the cool, fun fashion girl. And for me, like, again, and I know I use, I tend to be a little bit, I'm sounding a bit biased, so I love it when people have great legs, but she's very tall. She holds herself well. She's articulate. She's beautiful. I'm like, we need to get those out. We need to get the sexy girl out here. Get her going, you know, and I remember there's probably two looks for her that I, I recall very, obviously, except her wedding, she looked beautiful. And we put a split in the wedding dress she did with Jason Gretsch for that same thing because she learned to love her legs and realised, yeah, I look really beautiful. Um, but, you know, I think for me, the other looks were her first Logies gown, which I know, again, was a, a couple art so white gown that she wore with a split and quite fitted. And then a race day that we did, I think it was the stakes day, was this neon, like fluoro yellow neon um, Alex Perry that was just, that went everywhere. And it really, I think when those moments, those key moments happen, it does make people like stand up and go, oh, who's that? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. You know, and I know I'm sort of rattling off from saying like the biggest thing. You worked with Elise Knowles as well. I mean, she's got oh, her natural I had an extensive, quite casual. Yes, it is. It is. And when I first met Elise, she was, um, you know, and again, another incredible, amazing, beautiful, feet on the ground, human being. Nothing there is nothing but amazing things I have to say. I feel like Elise brought the best out in me as well. That's um, I, I, she did, like, because she was always the thing that's so incredible about someone like Elise Knowles is she's always willing to go there, you know, and she's somebody that I think, not unlike the other women I've mentioned, um, has sparkle. You walk into a room and you see her. And that's not something you can fake. It's not something you can generate. You either... You you either have it or you don't. And yeah, she's the charisma. Got it in she's got charisma. You're oh, right. she has. She's got it in spades. And and you know, like I remember, she'd be like, "I'm willing to try it. Let's do it." And so I feel like we both had these career highs at the same time. Like, you know, and I, it was just really like there's some key moments for her that I that that'll go down for me as some of the best things I've ever done. Um, you know, and I, I had the great privilege of um styling her book that she did as well. And, you know, there's this photo of her and this pink Navenka and she's sitting on this farmhouse fence. And I mean, that could be anywhere. She could be overseas having that photo. And, you know, and I often um, I, I often, when I reflect on my time working with Elise, was, was probably some of the, the best looks that I'd, I've done. And she's, but again, it, it makes a difference when someone wants to go on that journey with you. And I'm so lucky with the clients that I've mentioned and other people is they're willing to do that. They have that trust. 
And so for me, like, it's not a trust that I ever take for granted. It's a responsibility that I think is, is something that I, I cherish. Um, but I also think it's what makes it work together because I never go to them and say, you're wearing this, this is what you have to wear, or I think this. It is very much a collaborative approach. I mean, don't get me wrong, like any good service provider, you're like, okay, I'm kind of wanting to go there, but like, let's try on these and then we'll land there. But that's part of it too, right? I often say to people, this job isn't so much just about knowing like what about things about fashion. It is almost like being a bit of a coach. Like I've got no qualifications in, you know, in anything to do with psychology or anything like that. But often it can be about making, extracting those things from somebody to make them feel like their best self. And I know I sort of circled back to it before was the moment that that happens is in the mirror at the last fitting when they're standing there, no makeup on, no hair done. And it's like that moment, it's kind of like them. I relate it to everybody else and to people like myself, even when it's like, when you could go to a shop and try things on or at home when you bought something and you put it on in the mirror and you have that moment of, geez, I look good. It's that. That's when I know I've done my job. When they look there and they're like, there's that moment in their eye when they're checking themselves out in the mirror. That's when I know I've done my job. Because if you have that moment standing there within yourself, that inner piece of, I know I look really great. When you're done with the best people that there is to do your hair and your makeup and your nails and all of those things, which are also part of this puzzle, I never take the creative I was going to ask you that. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. Do you work with hair, makeup, nails? Yes. Is that part yes. of the team effort? Absolutely. Because for me. And the evolution the of, can, you know, that age. Absolutely. Start. 100%. And it's about then t- teaming them with people that speak to the things that they love or that they need. So, for example, sometimes And that's probably why I work with a lot of the same people that I do. And you've got some incredible people in Sydney like Michael and Max Maid and, um, you know, Normie, who is just somebody I love, like, oh, his soul is beautiful. But again, all of those people, they bring something to the table. You know what I mean? Like in Melbourne, I do so much work with the likes of like Chantal Baker, Jake Isnorbo, Marie Uva, Gabriel Racuso, like they're kind of your team. The makeup because artists they, they, and the stuff, yeah. Yeah, and the hair, yeah, and, and the, the hair hairstyle. Team. Sorry, I should have. Because you want those people to, whoever you're working with, to feel like they're working with someone who cares, who gives, I don't want to swear, but you know what I mean? Like, And can I really ask you, shit, do you, you know? start, do you do the fashions, personal styling piece first? Yes. When you're doing yes. the transformation? And then do you bring in the makeup artist and the hairstylist and say, this is our vision. This is where we're headed. What do you absolutely. think? Oh, absolutely. I think we sort of sit there and it's a bit like you probably, if you think about a show, a little old show, show called Rachel Zoe, that's exactly what yeah. we do is we sit there and we go, um, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm thinking. I'm kind of liking these vibes, but also in the same way that I don't like somebody telling me how to style, I'm not going to tell some gotcha. of the best people in this country how to do their job. But what I might say is, you know, should we have a moment where maybe we cut the hair? Like there's a, a lovely girl in Melbourne um, who attended the Brownlow, her name's Jessie Murphy, and she's blonde, she's beautiful, has all this hair. And before a Brownlow, we went, you know what? Like we should chop it all off. And she was like, and I'm like, I think we should chop it all off. Like give it a moment. And it just went bunta. Literally, she's in her gown and they're chopping her hair. 
Wow. Because it just needed it and she needed it. She was like, I feel like I'm at a time where I need to chop it all off to do something different. And do you, um, so, do you believe that those moments are the defining moments when you're ready yes. to let go of a style crutch that you've yeah, hidden behind? Absolutely. So say, for example, you've always worn mini skirts and you think yes. that that's your style crutch and then you get that same woman into wide leg pants and you oh, know totally. really sophisticated blouse is that the moment where they can they become you know eternally stylish absolutely and you've really probably by far and not to be bad to anyone else I've interviewed has interviewed me that's exactly right that that is the thing because people say to me often oh, oh I feel really bad um I was meeting with you and I was worried about what I was wearing I was like why I said why I go our sense of style that is it's a bit like beauty I always say beauty is in the eye of the beholder like you have to dress within the realms of what works for you because where I was going before when we were talking about people having those moments the aha moment comes when you feel amazing within yourself and when that happens in my view on a red carpet if you're a celebrity or at a party if you're running into somebody and you're running into an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband and you want to look your best when internally you feel incredible and you have the self-confidence to know that when you're looking in the mirror before you walk out somewhere that you're 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 good you feel good you look good you are untouchable i really do believe that for a quick cheat sheet like straight up if we were going to edit and we can't afford to or it's not in the realms of possibilities to have a start yes what are some fashion choices that instantly give you a lift of vitality and youthfulness and make you look more modern and fresh instantly instantly have a really well fitted pair of jeans buying jeans and fitting a good pair of jeans should be like buying a bra Make sure it fits properly. Make sure it highlights, like if you've got, you know, a shorter waistline, that it's a higher waist to give you length. You know, if you're, I think as well too, as I say, jeans love late is because, you know, our our uniforms or wardrobes, for lack of a better term, have become more casual. But casual doesn't mean having to wear a tracksuit. You know, I wear tracksuits at home. I didn't really adopt that. It didn't really work for me. I don't want to walk out in tracksuits. It's not my style. Even if Kim Kardashian's doing it, it doesn't work for me. I've got a smaller frame. It, I, I need things to, I needed my silhouette to be seen. And do you think that when um, you do those things that it makes you look more youthful, yeah. more, more fresh? Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in having a really cool blazer. I mean, look, for me, the things that make you feel, feel good all the time, I believe it's a bit like the way you and I are dressed today, colour. You know, you've got pink on, I've got green on. I, I feel better when I've got colour on. You know, sometimes when you're black and everything's gloomy, I'm a bit gloomy, you know, and I think it's those little cheap sheets. So is it a Melbourne stylist telling us to steer away from black? Did I just hear that? I think so, maybe. When I'm working, I wear black because it's not about me. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing too, you know, like when I am doing those things with people, you know, I know I've done red carpets. I often, you know, I'll work with um, someone like Crown or, you know, I've got this big room. And that's not just so I can take photos of everything because that would be great if it was just all about me. But it's because if somebody needs me, they're not waiting for me to go or to cross to that hotel or that lift because this person needs me here. Everybody needs to feel like number one. And so that's the only way 
I can give myself to everybody fairly when you're being paid to do a job. And what else, what are the other tricks that you can, what are the other wardrobe essentials that you always go, you know what, this is going to transform the modernity, the uh, the lift. It's going to give you a great quick payoff from an, you know, an well, eternal obviously, obviously it comes from a place of knowing quite intimately, but you need a statement pair of heels. Um, yeah, you do. Obviously, I, I, I felt it so much that I decided I'd create my own brand. I love it. But I really do. And I, I see really this, do. I see the transformation that a good pair of shoes. I remember years ago hearing a stylist mm. say, I always start at the shoes. I I'm a big, obviously, given I'm a shoe designer as well. I really do believe in that because you walk tall. You everything about you when you're wearing a pair of heels, and I'm not, it can be any heel. I personally like a 10 and a half centimeter, but my customers and stuff go, I need it a bit lower. And whatever that heel is. Even if it's only a five centimetre, you're off the ground. And when you're off the ground, you automatically stand up. Your posture is better. Which is more you You walk taller. Exactly. And you walk taller. So a statement pair of heels, and I think at the moment too, particularly in these times as we've experienced, and I think particularly women who uh, have uh, recently gone through a pregnancy and things like that, um, or we're in COVID and, you know, we're not feeling like ourselves, you know, it might be that you've lost weight or you've put on weight and you've got to put something on, whether it be tighter or too big, and you don't feel like yourself, you can always put on a pair of shoes and you will feel good because they don't, you, you know, you're not going to put your shoe on after six months and it not fits you. That's not that. So it's already a sense of feeling that you can walk taller and feel better. And I, like I probably that. agree with the stylist that you spoke to because those things they're just little things, right? But they really do determine how you feel because confidence is something no one can give to you. They can give you compliments, but you have to feel that from inside. And when that is such you a know, quote, oh gosh, oh, yeah, that's I love totally. That. And I think that's something. And again, I, I know you're asking me these things, but one of the reasons I was so keen to talk to you was from the first moment. From like I've watched you for a long time, my love. But when you talk you own who you are that comes across in spades and it and it whether you know it or not it kind of sprinkles all over the people around you and I really do believe that over the journey when we've had whether it been a best dress look at a at a red carpet event a spring races a launch you know a book launch a tv show people don't attack people who own who they are like I for years when someone had said to me What's an example of somebody you can say where you probably might have not always agreed with their fashion choices, but for example, years ago, I remember Bryn Edelstein, who I think is going to yeah. be on the upcoming SAS. I've never, I've never met her. I, I don't know her, but I remember growing up and, you know, watching TV and Logies and she'd come out and be in her little fairy dresses and things like that. And people didn't understand it. They didn't understand it, but I loved that she didn't care. I don't need you to understand it. I don't need you to get it. I get it. And then it actually prevented, I think, people kind of mocking her because she knew who she was. And so I apply the same thing. I call it like the Edelstein effect where it's like you just, when you feel it and you have that moment in the mirror and you walk out and you're amazing, no one can argue with how you're feeling, you know? And so I find that those are the things that if people 
don't really get it. Like if there's something that's a bit out there or it's been a bit of a bold colour or it's not really commercial, for lack of a better term, often you'll find that the switch changes in how they report on it or how they talk about it or how even we talk about it at the water cooler at work. You know what? I couldn't have done it, but she owned it. Can I ask you, so we've gone shoes, blazer, um, a well-fitted pair of jeans. Is there like a a style of dress or a coat or a shirt or a top that makes you instantly refreshes every wardrobe? My other thing would be I think you need to have um, a really great little black dress. I know it's a bit like, oh, yeah, that's not original, but it's true. It makes you feel good. It snatches you in. It snatches us all in if that's what you're going for. But even if it's not, if black's not your colour, then go for a bold colour then. I think it's always good to have that there because I think even in the current circumstance that we find ourselves in at the moment where we're not being able to dress like that, I can tell you the the jeans and some of the things that I've been wearing will probably take a back seat for a moment and I'll go for that dress because I want to feel good. I want to feel like myself. I want to go for drinks somewhere. I want to go for dinner. And I think those things really do elevate your mood and make you feel good. And I think as well, too, like, you know, it's that whole walking taller because when you do wear a dress, particularly if you go down the road of having something that's quite fitted, you know, you you think about how you look, you think about how you walk, you talk, the way you breathe. Um, And I think all of those things are really important. Um, A trench is something. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's okay. No, that's okay. No worries. Um, a trench is probably another piece I think is really critical in your wardrobe, particularly um, within Australia as well with sort of the seasons that we experience. You're just never not going to use it, whether it be that it's in spring, in trans- you know, if you're in transitional, you can layer it as a piece as well. It's just always a good piece to have. And then my other thing that I think always makes every woman feel really good on, actually, I don't even want to say every woman. I want to say everyone because I think there's a, a lot of men who can rock a statement bag, bag as well. But I think as, as women, when we find, or as women and men, when we want to buy a, a key accessory, you know, we reward ourselves with like a bag, you know, if it's something that you put on your list and whatever that expense looks like. For some of us, it's a Bottega. For others, it's an Oriton bag. It doesn't matter. But I feel like a bag is almost what you carry with every day, like your phone. It's got your life in it. So I feel like it represents how you're feeling as well. And it sometimes can be those things that you can use as a shield. You know, if you're not feeling great about yourself, there's my bag. If um, I'm feeling amazing about myself and I'm out and, out and about and I put my bag on the table, it's a, it sort of says who you are in a lot of ways, you know. Like I know for me at the moment, if I've got something bold, it's because I'm feeling really happy and I'm excited about that. And then, you know, I've got a big um, Givenchy bag that I'm not going to lie. After I had kids, I used as almost a barrier because I was like, mm, don't feel like myself. So I feel like, Statement bags are a really great thing to invest in as well. Uh, it's interesting that you've done a lot of work with um, sports people and their partners in, yes. in Melbourne. Yes. Uh, and yes. of course, you're based in Melbourne. One of the things that I've noticed about your look and the evolution of style of the clients that you know we've mentioned, and one of my absolute favourite um, of that pack is Nadia Bartel. I just... I find her so stylish and so uh, composed and elegant, but still youthful, sexy, full of life. I, I love her style. It's, but what mm. I've noticed you've done is it feels like you've taken away things rather than added things to their style. Am I right? Oh, definitely. I feel like as well too, um, you know, a lot of the women that we've spoken about and you've mentioned 
are all fashion people in their own right in a lot of ways too because they do fruit yeah. different things and the, the people aspire to have their look as well and I think I think for me it's just about pulling out those or pulling doing something different as well because often if they're working with me they don't want to look exactly the way they do when they dress themselves and I think that's the other key as well when you engage a stylist you want somebody to do something different to what you're doing and maybe that can be you know oh we're going to add a bit of color you know like often a lot of people particularly at the moment I noticed it even during fashion week um you know a very um like monotone like there was very like there's a lot of you know monochrome or like beige and nudes and and for me what was a head turning moments for me were when people were using accessories to make a the outfit you know like having sort of one whether it be a dress or like a shirt and a skirt and then their accessories were the things that really dialed it up I think I think you know when I think about other clients I've worked with as well Sometimes when there are things that work for them, it's about how do we elevate those things or change them so that you're seen differently. Like Anna Heinrich's another beautiful girl that yeah, she's I gorgeous. miss terribly. Everyone being in Sydney, but you know, um, she she's. I so see her on my morning her, walks on these eternal COVID. Oh, I know, and, she, and I'm she always just struck gorgeous, by how right? beautiful she is. Always, yeah, and she's just so gorgeous and so beautiful and. You know, I feel like she's somebody who really knows her body and knows who she is. And so for me, instead of her just like she rocks a suit like nobody else, but, you know, what I've introduced when I've worked with her is sort of more like how do we do like corseted suits? So things that highlight her waist really kind of make it quite fashion. Um, and then, you know, we still will do those looks as well, but just dialing different things up so that and pairing things back as well. You know, you don't need... A lot of jewelry all the time like maybe it's just having fresh makeup beautiful hair like a hairstyle that's maybe pulled back you know like it is like you mentioned that idea of taking things away because I think sometimes when you're having those moments you don't want it to be well what am I trying to look at here and I've definitely done that you know when we've done red carpets as well is sometimes it can be a bit oh what are we it's too much lipstick now like what are we trying to say here it's got a bow it's got a split it's bright colored it's got a shoulder like pair it back because also particularly when you're working with celebrities one of the things that I've found is when you're putting something up for public consumption you need to make sure that people can understand it and if they can't understand it that they can buy it or wear it or it talks to the brand that the person's wearing because that's really important as well is making sure that you know at the end of the day fashion is also about broadening um, awareness of things and making sales and so you want to make sure that the brand and I know we talked about it before but the brand that you um, I guess work with aligns to the client as well and their audience and if it doesn't if it's commercially going to be successful because for me as a stylist my actual like I guess when people say what's your moment there's sort of three things one is when the client has their moment and they feel amazing within themselves because then I go boom my job's done the second thing is probably when if we've done something for a brand, whether it's been that we've created something that's custom or there's something new that's been put to market and they got to wear it first and then it's sold out. Like those things really, that's why you do this job. And I want to go back. You said that you always wear black to fade into the background and I'm going, ah. to, challenge, I'm going to challenge that because you are a stylist, but you have become a fashion icon. You of yourself oh, have had you. 
a lot of fashion moments. And when I look at your Instagram, I'm inspired by you. Um, Do you you. mind me asking how old you are now? No, not at all. And you know what? I'm going to say this proudly because I think two years ago, if you had it, I probably was in a different headspace. I'm 39. Okay, so for me, I look at you and I... I feel inspired because I've seen the evolution of your style and, uh, you know, you can be as modest as you'd like to be. I, I don't mind, but, <laughs> but I would like to know what, what are you doing to stay ageless? Tell me about your mm-hmm. beauty routine. Tell me about some of the, your, the things that you will never wear again. Tell me about some of the oh, things you've discovered. I think for me, well, firstly, thank you so much. Um, and I think in terms of when I was saying I wear black, it's probably more when I'm on set and I'm doing things because you're right. I definitely, like even the way I've turned up today, I'm, I'm in colour. And because it does instantly and make me And boy, do like you myself. have a set of pins on you. My God. Oh, that's all I've got. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you. And you're tiny. Um, you know, you're teeny tiny. Uh, do you know what? I've, wor- I've worked really hard. Um, what have you done? Not something in- so what I've done, so, and that's where COVID wasn't I, I I you know when the world kind of stopped um you know I I was probably I mean I've always I mean you can say see from Instagram particularly after I had my kids there was sort of this I didn't really feel like myself I'd have all these layers on and, and all of that which I'm fine with because I've got two beautiful children out of it but then work got so busy and then I launched um the Lana Wilkinson shoe brand and so I was really I was small but I was really unhealthy I was having coffee, I wouldn't yeah. eat very well, wouldn't have my three meals a day, running on empty. I was running, you know, the styling business was really blowing up. At the same time, my shoe business was blowing up. I was having to employ staff and then manage talent. So and what did you do? What, what were the tweaks you made so, to your lifestyle? So the tweaks that I made to my lifestyle were have your three meals a day. And then I was very, very fortunate to um, connect with um a company called Elite Sports Medicine, and they're a, they're basically like a they train professional athletes, but they also have a gym. And so now I train three days a week. I'm trying to up that to four um, with a personal trainer, and I do that every single morning without fail. And it is hardcore. Like it's not, you know, like I'm lifting tires, I'm pushing things, I'm doing things that at 39 years of age, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life. I love that. But what I what I realized was the connectivity between feeling strong inside made me strong up here which I'm pointing to my head for everyone who's listening um because what I was finding was having to kind of balance everything my head was like spinning I'm like how am I going to do all of this so that's my non-negotiable now my other thing is doing the things that make me feel good because often particularly maybe because when I was just in service um and just styling people you know, I was probably neglecting myself a little bit. You know, I mentioned before I wasn't eating properly, so I'd make sure now I'm making sure I have lots of protein. I have a protein shake. I make sure I choose to have juices as opposed to just having coffee. Um, I make sure that I've got a really good skincare regime as well. What do you You use? What's your skincare routine? Well, I've I've been changing it up a little bit because of late there's been a few different things, but primarily um there's a a, I cleanse every night like I've got see I'm the worst at this stuff this is where I'm better with the with the fashion stuff um but I I I cleanse every night um I mean the products I use I use a lot of go-to from uh Zoe Foster Blake um I use her cleanser I use her skincare um and I just find that it just rejuvenates me I've got a really incredible 
um, a skin care person that I go to by the name of Alicia at Bearwazer and Skin in Melbourne. And she really has changed what's her skincare skin. where is she uh bare, bare laser and skin she's in hampton and um and she's incredible because she's also the kind of person probably not unlike us where she's quite bubbly and she loves what she does and you can't not want to not be around her you know and i was very guilty before of almost thinking that me going to get like you know um a, a microdermabrasion or a facial or led treatment all that sort of stuff was almost like self-indulgent like that's yeah. how I would think of it I don't have time and being the mum of, of two you know young girls uh, Ava is my oldest she's seven Al is five so I would be like well I don't have time to go and do that that's not fair I need to go and do things for them because I'm working so much now I need to go do things with them and then I realized that those sorts of little things that if you just schedule in and you make time and prioritize them actually make you feel good because I was finding you know, sort of halfway through my career, as you mentioned, it was almost like I was needing to be out the back and then be out the front, whether it be talking to media about what the next fashion trends were or working with, you know, brand partnerships like Afterpay or Mercedes, where I'm doing different works with them. And so they need you to look the way Lana Wilkinson, the stylist. That's like. exactly so, what I was going to say. Like put your yeah. own oxygen mask on first. Lana, can I ask yeah. you? Um, mm. And feel free to, you know, be open or not. But I, I think yeah. we're at an age where we really can open the doors for other people by being honest. Um, I agree. Injectables, do you like them? Um, would you try surgery? I, I think I'm open to all of those things. Um, for me, I've really gone down the route of having lots of facials done, particularly after my kids. What I have done is my teeth, after I go to a brilliant dental um, place in, uh, oh, I forgot where they are, they're in Whitehorse Road in Melbourne, but Dental Boutique. After I had my children, I'd had a crowded mouth as a child. I had braces, I had all those sorts of things. And they didn't, um, let's just say after my kids, my teeth had moved substantially. And then I was finding I was needing to talk to media and do all of those sorts of things. And I just wasn't confident. Like I, I wouldn't smile in photos. Wow. I wouldn't do any of those things. And it had been because a couple of things that were played into that, and I won't bore everyone with it, but was that I, before I got married, went to the wrong person who kind of did a botch job on veneers. And that then when I had all the my, time, it happened. Oh, terrible. All and you know time. what I liken it to? Because what I liken it to is going to a GP to get your boobs done. You wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I went to a dentist who wasn't special. Like, I mean, they had cosmetic, you know, uh, dentistry, but they weren't really, like that wasn't their specialty. They don't do that on the daily. And so unfortunately I was kind of, you know, my confidence got shot because once I'd had my kids, my teeth had moved, my mouth was crowded. So I needed to get that fixed ASAP. And that really did change my appearance dramatically. Do you know, because it I gave me this almost every single podcast I record, the teeth yeah. are the secret source Everything. for the transformation. And I, 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 I want to tell this to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, it's so funny that you brought this up because to add to my other piece, I'm not against it. I'm open to whatever makes anybody feel when we talk about injectables or skin pills or boobs or liposuction or whatever. Because again, I'm all about whatever makes you feel your best because that's going to bring out your inner confidence. What, what I think is so great of late is this, like there isn't, doesn't seem to be a lot of judgment around it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like own what you're doing. And I think for me, like 
I remember crying when my teeth got fixed because it looked the way I did like 10, 15 years ago. I was like, oh, that looks the way I did then. But then, you know, you add in kids and then when you have kids, you have pigmentation issues I never knew that I had. And, you know, skin sort of is a bit looser and all those sorts of things. So for me, I'm really about empowering yourself to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like I said, you mentioned before, like things like your teeth and things like that, they don't seem like they're a game changer. I can, I am the exact example that it totally is. It completely changed my whole face, my whole jaw, everything. Because I, I ask my, you, do yeah. you, um, it's a funny question. Uh, did you feel beautiful growing up? Were, were you a beautiful teen? Were you, uh, or did you become mm. more confident, more beautiful as you got older? That's an interesting question. I think I definitely, I didn't always feel like the hottest girl in the group um, of, of, of my friends when I was growing up. I was always very, without sounding, you know, conceited. I was always quite popular, you know, like I always had a big group of friends and I always had a, and which is probably handy with my job I always knew my I had a good sense of style you know like I I I knew how to dress to feel really great and I was very lucky to always have um I guess really positive friends a really good group of people who are still my friends today who keep me feeling really good about myself and really grounded um to say I felt really beautiful do you know I think that's something that got challenged if I'm being honest I think once I stepped into this role where I was dressing some of the most beautiful people in our country and overseas. Yeah. I think particularly after I'd had my kids, it was almost this, which that was nothing to do with anybody else and completely. We all get body dysmorphia after the baby. Yeah. Everyone looks better than us. Everyone looks skinnier than us. Exactly. Oh, why does I didn't look like that? Why don't I look like that? Why don't I look like that? I had my baby and I still look like I had a baby. Like and I think I think that happened and I'm always really open about that. Like I really love that. It was really hard because I always had this need, I've got to get back, I've got to get back to what I was. And I was like, who, who's telling you you need to do that? Like that was me. And that was social media too, I think. You know, the same thing that had built me up was probably the thing that I didn't realise I was using that could mentally pull me down. That's and so I think amazing. That, that I think that we all in some shape, way or form have experienced that at some level. Um, but I think even now it's always a work in progress. I think since having my girls though, and then being at an age where they understand things like, <clears throat> I think that I always want to set an example that your every, beauty comes from the inside as well. And I think now, particularly as I am on the road to 40, which I haven't actually fully embraced until probably today when you asked me, I was like, yeah, I'm fine to talk about my age. And for the first time, I really am. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm probably the best version of myself that I've ever been. I think like all of us, we've all gone through things. We've all built things and done things and tried things and failed or tried things and succeeded. And so I really think there's a comfort that comes with knowing who you are. Do I think I'm the most beautiful person to look at? I don't know. I think there's times I've looked pretty hot. <laughs> but I then that. I think there's times that I've really probably stuffed it up. But I think, you know what, that's all part of the journey, right? But I think as I've got older, I've, I've learned to accept the things that I can't change. Like I can't make myself taller. So I just married a man who will make my girls really tall. Um, but, you know, I can't, there are things I can just wear higher shoes. Like I think sometimes we can be so, we have those battles within ourselves. And I also think, and I know we've, we, um, we've all touched on this in some shape or form, is particularly at the moment, the looking glass into the world is 
online. But this is all highlight reels for everyone. This isn't the real deal. I mean, before I caught up with you this morning, I was, you know, in my office doing all the things and making sure that I could be doing all of the orders and things like that. And I didn't look like this. You know, that was a messy Lana, but I, I embrace her as well because she gets stuff done, you know. So I feel like in a lot of ways I've embraced who I am. And I think the other thing that's also the positive is because of my job, often I get asked a lot, and I mean, you, you sort of alluded to it before as well, when we say, you know, celebrities and things like that, but they're normal people too. And the same things that we feel about, our, about oh, that I'm feeling like my arm doesn't look good in that, or oh, my legs could look more toned, or I could look better, I think we all have those experiences. And so there's a sense of normalcy in knowing that as well, if that makes sense. It does. And to wrap it up, I want to ask you, um, are there any celebrities that you think are getting better as they their careers evolve or um, you think that their sense of style really fits them now? Oh, gosh. It's sort of hard at the moment because I feel like to some degree some of the clients I've worked are all locked in their houses at the moment, but generally speaking. <laughs> what about globally? But ge- oh, well, let's go globally. Like someone globally at the moment I think is just killing it is um, someone like Megan Fox. You know, yeah, she's what a got, She's having. She really is, right? I think it's really like just somebody who, you know, was sort of in the background, has been a mum, married to someone else gets away from the person I used to love, Brian Austin Green, but maybe she didn't in the end, but turns up and has really gone, you know what, I'm going to own this. I'm cool. I'm, you know, I, I feel young. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to project that. And I love that. I think Hayley Baldwin has really, or Bieber, I should say, Hayley Bieber um, is somebody's style who I think, again, has really come out of her shell. And maybe that's confidence that's come from being married, feeling great. I think she's definitely somebody to watch. But there's so many people, it's so funny when people say to me too, like, I often think, like, who are the people that I look to when you want to have that sort of style moment? And I'm so, like, a cliche. I look at, I love a lot of TV characters. Like, people like Joan Collins, who, oh, you know, in Dynasty and even saint now. Of ageless. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you I've know what? seen I her twice. Her. I've seen her oh, twice in real you? life at St. Tropez. I'm so jealous. And I'm so and I literally, I just wanted to kiss the ground she walked on. I couldn't agree more. And a lot of my fashion inspirations come from her, like from like Dynasty and beyond. But she's a woman who walks out. She doesn't, she owns who she is. I've had this done. I don't care. I'm, I've got my hair. I'll do it in different ways. I'll put wigs on. I'm not worried. Full face of makeup, nails done, totally chic. Like people like that for me, if people say who are my icons, it's people like that completely ageless and then you know I know it's again it's probably a bit of a cliche but someone like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex in the City it was like yeah. always done always dressed up always and I know that that's not necessarily are you excited reality. for the reboot do you know I am I think at first I wasn't sure if I thought mm, is this being done but I think at the moment and I know certainly personally I felt like I've needed to look back a little bit to go forward I've been quite nostalgic like even with some of the shows I've been watching whilst I've been at home um so I feel like we all need it a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out without having Samantha. But, I mean, I also think too, like, 
like in real life, we evolve and our friends change. That doesn't mean that we're not interesting anymore. And I'm so excited I th- to see these characters in their 50s. I'm excited yeah. for it because you know what? I'm 47. You know, we've been watching them for, yeah. for a long time. I want to see what, you know, yeah, where, we, where, where they, we can go. Where they're at, what they're doing. And I think that that's exciting. But also when we talk about ageless, right? And I think, again, and you touched on it, like I'm not someone who's just dressed models or you know young influencers or you know young famous people I've dressed people from like you know 18 or even 16 15 if we talk about models um to like 50 60 years old and each and every one of them I feel proud that I've got to do so and that I was entrusted with it and I think for us to have that on television for people to see people who are older but dressed fashionable and being edgy and cool is only going to help us all, I think, inspire us all, inspire those who perhaps, unlike us, don't feel the need that it's as accessible. Like I'm finding of late, I get a lot of this even on Instagram because that's a great thing about social media too. Like we've talked about what the bad things are, but the, the good thing is, is you can connect with people. You can slide into someone's DMs. And I get so many questions, particularly at the moment, oh, oh, I, don't, I didn't get a wardrobe last year either and, and now I don't know what to wear and, oh, I've lost my confidence, what do I wear? And my answer is always, wear the things that you want to wear that make you feel good. Like, you know, you don't want it to be that you're wearing something that somebody's told you to wear. Like, ooh, like if you've got something cool and it's a bit bolder and maybe you wore it five years ago and you want to wear it but you're worried about what someone else thinks, the only bit you take out of that conversation in your head is the bit of worrying about what someone else thinks. Because if you own it, you're untouchable anyway. And that's a confidence thing. Like, cause you're going to feel better when you look better and you feel like yourself. And I think they're the keys to the kingdom. And I think hopefully the show will show that too. I love, I love that line to finish on the keys to the kingdom. I've, absolutely love connecting with you you are a spark of joy and oh, I'm going thank, to think, as are you um, at the end of this I'm going to link to your social media account as well because I would mm. love people to follow your style evolution and and you really thank turn you, up and it's glorious I try. To see. you really thank do you, darling beautiful. it was such a pleageless to have you on ageless oh, you I know too. I'm going to have you back I'm going to have you back. There's so much to oh, talk hopefully about. I've got, hopefully I've got more to talk about when we get out of this. <sighs> we can have more big moments. I miss, you know, thank you for, forgive me if I was a bit rusty there. I haven't talked about a lot of the red carpet stuff for ages because of everything that's happened, but I miss it. I miss it terribly because I do feel like I get lit up when other people feel better about themselves. You know what I mean? I miss doing it. I miss even when I was talking to you, I was thinking there's so much stuff that we're just not. Well, I, oh, yeah. it was absolutely wonderful speaking to you. I cannot wait till maybe we can go shopping together or something. I I'm, I would yes. love that. Wouldn't that be a thrill? <laughs> Wouldn't that be, be a thrill? I, I think it'll be dangerous, but bring it on. It'll be bring exciting. It. Bring it. Thank you. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. 